Well, come on, if you love Jesus, put your hands together this morning, church. Come on. Come on, if he's ever been good to you, can you let him know you appreciate his goodness? Come on. To God be the glory. Well, if you're ready for the word, say I'm ready. ready. Let's try it again. If you're ready for the word, say I'm ready. ready. We're actually finishing off a four-week series on this thought or this thing called I quit. And so four Sundays ago, we kicked it off. And each week, we've talked through a collection of conversations around a few different topics that the Lord has really impressed in my heart that I feel like he wants to break us free from. And today, we're concluding the whole series with... The, the challenging thought of the need to quit making excuses. The need to quit making excuses. And, and truthfully, I believe that today is going to be one of those Sundays, if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, that this message and, and the way that we've laid it out for today, because it'll look a little different for you, but I believe it can be one of the messages that I call an anchor message. And an anchor message is a word that you hear that just drops in your heart and it really just opens your eyes and it changes the trajectory of your life. And that's been our prayer leading up to the conclusion of this series today. My prayer is that when you walk out, you walk out different. Does anybody receive that? Come on, because that's me. Like when I walk out today, I, I don't want to walk out the same way I walked in. And that's the kind of God that you and I serve. He, he can change how we walk. Come on now. And so I'm excited to share this message with you. And I'm going to start with telling you about one of our core values. And some of you know this because you've, you've gone through our move track. You've completed move track. And, and move track is a great next step. If you've been tend, attending for a while or if you're new here and you want to know more about the church, we offer Move Track on the last Sunday of every month. And in Move Track, it's a full curriculum that we put together. But as a part of that curriculum, we talk about our core values. And, and one of our core values is this word empowerment. Empowerment. On the count of three, both campuses, I want you to say this word with me. Ready? One, two, three. Empowerment. And, and the reason why we not only preach empowerment, but the reason why we believe in the reality of empowerment is because of this. This is not a church where we think it's okay, and it's not a church where we believe Jesus is okay with you just coming and sitting. Thank you. Knew I had one in the house. This is a place where God wants you to come, commit yourself to him, and then be bold enough and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to tell other people about that salvation experience that you yourself had had. That's a good place to say amen right there. So, so let me say it to you like this. We believe that saved people serve people. Come on, if you're on Twitter, you should tweet that. Saved people serve people. Uh, I'm done with the days of consumer Christianity where we make it all about us. That, that's not the gospel. God gave us through his son Jesus the great commission, which is to therefore Go. And, and you can't be a church that's centered around the Great Commission when your people only are consumed with coming and sitting. I'm preaching better than you helping, and that's okay. Let me give you a working definition of this uh, understanding of empowerment. And again, this is from our Move Track curriculum, but I think this will put us on the same uh, page together. Empowerment is this the magnitude of what's at stake, and what's at stake is eternity. There are lost and dying people that need to know about Jesus. Come on. And if we ever lose sight of that, God, break our heart for the understanding that outside of these four walls, outside of our Go Church campus walls, there is a community 
that there is a country and there is a world that is lost and we have the answer and the answer is Jesus. Come on now. So what's at stake, which is eternity, requires a united effort. And what I believe is, is that we've got to have an all hands on deck approach. And that means this, not just some of us, but all of us committed to using our time, our talents, and our money. All of it. Not just some. We don't get to pick and choose what we'll give to God to advance the kingdom. We say, God, when we say yes to you, we're all in. And I'm giving you my time. You become the priority. I'm giving you my talents because you put them there anyway. And whatever you bless me with, I'm going to make sure that we fund the kingdom of God because the eternal return on that investment is significant. Jesus measured greatness in terms of, watch this. Jesus measured greatness in terms of service, not status. Jesus doesn't care about your title. Jesus cares if you're carrying a towel. He doesn't care where you stand on the corporate ladder. He wants to know, are you willing to wash people's feet? Are you willing to feed the hungry? Are you willing to, to clothe the homeless? Are you with me? Are you willing to visit those who are sick or in prison? And he says, I'm not viewing greatness in terms of your status, but rather in terms of service. And we're, at this church, we're all about creating this culture. And it's so important that we'll better serve our church, our community, and our world. And those three areas are significant, not just to today's conversation, which we'll dive in, but the heartbeat of this church is knowing that we've got three responsibilities to serve our church, which is the bride of Christ, to serve our community in Montgomery County, Maryland, in Coweta County, Georgia, in Germantown, in Sharpsburg, etc., and to the ends of the earth. It's a big world out there. Come on. And there are people all over that need Jesus. And this is what we know and this is what we believe. The most fulfilled people on the face of the planet are those who are making a difference in the lives of others. So we're going to talk a lot today. And I'm going to challenge you, I hope in a good way, for us to quit making excuses so that you know how you can better serve your church, your community, and your world. Now watch this. Let's jump into it. You don't have to read very far in Scripture to learn that God is all about this idea of empowerment. There are unlimited amount of resources and biblical personalities that we could lean on today to see how God empowered very ordinary people to do incredibly extraordinary things. But over the last few weeks, with the exception of Mother's Day weekend, through this series I Quit, we've kind of landed on the children of Israel. And so I want to stay there today, just for a few minutes uh, because we learned so much through the children of Israel. And today we're going to learn so much about the man that was tapped to lead them out of bondage. So let me give you a little context here just so that we're all together and understanding who the children of Israel are. So they're, they're slaves in Egypt. They're under oppression to an evil ruler who's known as Pharaoh. Decades and hundreds of years of bondage and slavery. The children of Israel have one prayer. And it's a prayer of freedom. God, get us out of bondage. Get us out of slavery. And there's really good news because the God that you serve is a God that hears you when you pray. And so God's desire was to deliver them from bondage. And so he raised up a leader. And this leader, his name was Moses. On the count of three, both campuses say Moses. One, two, three. Moses. Now let me say something about Moses. If there was ever a man who wanted out of what God was trying to talk him into, it was Moses. 
if there was ever a person that wanted to get away from the call of God and the responsibility on their life, it was Moses. See, God had a plan to deliver his children. And a part of that plan was to use Moses as the leader. But I'm going to show you how Moses responded when God said, go. Because as soon as God told him the instruction, Moses began to make excuses. And he made five very specific excuses. And when you see these excuses, I, I want to challenge you. Have you ever made these excuses yourself? Or even a more difficult one to realize is, are you currently making these excuses? And that's why you only show up on Sunday to church instead of actually being the church. Y'all still love me, right? Because I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to give you some Bible today. I hope that's okay because this, this, is, this is the church and we preach the Bible. So I want to show you a few verses of Scripture and how God began to lay out the instruction or the mandate over Moses' life and then how he responded. So look at verse number 1 of Exodus 3. Now Moses was tending flock of Jethro, who was his father-in-law. Jethro was the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, which is the mountain of God. Verse number 2. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that although the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. How many of you know that would have caught your attention? So let's put it in today's terms. Let's say that you're a banker and you're helping people make a deposit, and you look over the corner of your eye, and the ATM is on fire, but it's not consumed. It would catch your attention, right? And so Moses says, you know what? I'll go over and see this strange sight while the bush is on fire, but it does not burn up. And the Bible says in verse 4 that when the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from within side of the bush, Moses... Moses, and Moses said, here I am. And God said, hey, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Somebody say holy ground. I don't have time to teach this, although I'd love to, but uh, in, my, in my preparation of today, verse number five really stood out to me because I wondered what made this place holy ground because moments before it was just a field where Moses was tending his livestock. And now all of a sudden, God says, take off your sandals for this is holy ground. I'll tell you why. Because wherever God shows up, it's a holy place. So you can, you can be driving in your car and the presence of God show up and that Honda Accord becomes holy ground. Come on, somebody. You can be taking a shower. That might be TMI, but you could be taking a shower. God show up and the shower become holy ground. Are you with me? You can drop your children off at school. And if God shows up, that school is not only a place of education, but it's a place of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. And so all of a sudden, that place, because God showed up, became holy ground. And then he said... I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And now you're about to see God's heart for his children. And here's what he says in verse 7. He says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And I want to tell you, God has indeed seen the misery that you've walked through as well. And he said, I've heard them crying out. Because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned 
about their suffering. He says, so here's what I've done. I've come down to rescue them. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God that not only sees me in my mess, but that's willing to come down and rescue me out of that mess. Anybody with me? And he says, I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a land that is good and spacious. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. I love it. He says it's a home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the pesticides, the termites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, anybody that ends with I too in trouble. Watch. Verse number nine. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I just want you to know, and maybe this is an encouragement, I hope that it is. When you cry out to God, He is faithful not only to hear you with His ears, but to hear you with His heart. And he says, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And then here's the mandate. Here's the instruction over Moses. This is the moment that God calls Moses to lead the exodus. And he says, so now go. I'm telling you, somebody's going to name a church Go Church one day, and it's going to change the world. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That's God's conversation with Moses. And then watch how Moses responds in the very next verse. Moses says, but who am I? On the count of three, I want you to say these three words with me. One, two, three. Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I that, that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And here's the first excuse. And again, tell me if you've ever made this excuse or if you're currently making it, here's what Moses is saying. He's saying, I'm not good enough. Who am I? I'll tell you, when God called Kimberly and I to plant Go Church in Maryland, and then he called us back home to take over leadership from my father-in-law, and then pastor one church in two locations, 700 miles apart, can I tell you that there were many nights that I laid in my bed wondering, God, am I good enough? Am I good enough? And and any time I answered that aloud, I would say to God, I'm not good enough. And guess what? What God told me, you're right. You're not good enough. And you're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. You're not rich enough. But can I just encourage somebody for just a moment? God is not concerned about your talents God is not concerned about your qualifications. God is not concerned about the status of your bank account. God does not need you to submit a resume, nor will he ever require of you to submit a resume for the job that he's calling you to. The only thing that God cares about is the condition of your heart. Is your heart pure? Is your heart right? And watch this. A Moses says, I'm not good enough. And God says, I know, but I'll be with you. I, I know that. But I'll be with you. What a promise. What a beautiful, beautiful promise. And the truth is this. If God is with us, what more do you need? What more do I need if God is with us? And the deliverance of the children of Israel, watch, did not depend on the ability of Moses. Rather, it depended on the power and the presence and the sovereignty of God. So Moses learned real quick that this excuse wasn't going to fly. So he turned his attention to excuse number two. Watch verse 13. So Moses said, well, if I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What do I tell them? Here's his excuse, and you've done it, and so have I. I don't know what to do. 
So if I say yes, I, I don't know what's next. Let me tell you about this excuse. It's 100% fear-based. All of it is based on fear. And Moses didn't want to mess up. Moses didn't want to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing. He was afraid that he would mess it all up. And so God jumps in and he says, all right, here we go. I am. That's what you tell him. He says, you tell him, I am has sent you. And here's the point that I'm trying to make. Don't ever let fear, don't ever let fear grip, grip you so much that it keeps you from doing whatever it is that God is calling you to do. Don't ever let fear talk you out of what God is talking you into because for every I won't, for every I can't, for every I am not that you have, God says, but I am. Come on now. He says, but I am who I am. And now Moses is realizing I'm, I'm in trouble. There's only one option, but I'm going to see if I can get out of this. And then Moses answered and he said this, well, what if they don't believe me? What, what, what if? What if? Somebody say, what if? what if? Don't we do that a lot? Well, what if this? Or, or what if that? Or, or what if the outcome is this? Or what if, what if that? He says, what if they don't obey me? What if they don't listen? The Lord did, and they say, the Lord did not appear to you. And this is what Moses is saying. He said, nobody's going to believe me. No, nobody's going to trust me. Nobody's going to look at me and think that God is really doing this. Come on, that, ladies and gentlemen, this is my testimony right here. When I got saved, I told the Lord, Nobody, nobody's going to believe me. And the thing that I have about this particular excuse is that Moses knew the answer because in Exodus 3, verse number 18, God told him, if you go to them, they are going to listen to you. But Moses still protested. And what's interesting about this excuse versus all of the other excuses is that God did not, did, he didn't dismiss it. He didn't dismiss this excuse. As a matter of fact, instead of dismissing the excuse, he equipped Moses for the job. And he said, okay, so if they don't believe you, here's what you do. He says, what's in your hand? What do you got? Moses says, well, I got a staff. God says, throw it on the ground. So Moses takes the staff, he throws it on the ground, and when the staff hits the ground, it turns into a snake. How many of you are like me? In that moment, I've been like, I'm out. Pick anybody else, you know? And this is kind of snake season. Let me tell you, all of them are deadly poisonous snakes to me. You come in my yard, that's trespassing you a dead snake. Anybody with me? Come on now. You show up, you show up at my house. We playing by my rules. And I got a little redneck in me. Deep down on the inside. So Moses throws his staff down on the ground and it turns into a snake. And then he says, now pick it up. I'd have been like, oh no. <laughs> See, we, we, we had something going, Lord. But then Moses picks up by its tail, and it turns back into a staff. God's just showing that he's a supernatural God. And then he says to Moses, now take your hand, put it inside of your coat. So he does that. He says, pull it out. Now it's leprous. He says, put it back in. So he puts it back in. Take it out. Now it's, now it's healed and, and clean. And then he says, now, if they still don't believe you, go down to the Nile, go down to the river, take some water from the river, pour it onto the ground, and when the water hits the ground, it'll turn into blood. God's just saying, hey, he, and this is what I love so much. If God calls you to it, he'll equip you for it. If God's calling you to do something, he's going to empower you and equip you to accomplish the assignment that's on your life. Come on, that's a great place to put your hands together and say amen. Come on. All right. I got to hurry because I'm going to show you something. Uh, this is the next excuse because Moses is still like, I don't know. So then Moses said, well, I'm not eloquent. 
neither before nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. Here's the excuse. Watch. He says, I can't do it because. And you, you and I, we disqualify ourselves so much from Moses. He says, well, I, I can't go and speak to Pharaoh and speak to the Israelites because I stutter. And I wonder, how many excuses have you made because you've looked at your own inabilities instead of looking at the ability of God? I can't do it because what's the reason? And I'm telling you this, and this is one of my favorite things to kind of talk about whenever we're looking at responsibilities and calling and serving and assignment. God does not call the qualified, but he always qualifies the called. And yes, listen to me, you and I, we've got inabilities, but God has unlimited ability. And it is God that when we say yes to whatever it is he's talking us into, it is God who strengthens us. It is God who anoints us. It is God who equips us. So stop focusing on the inabilities that you and I have and start focusing on the ability that God has. Come on now, that's a good place to preach right there. All right, last one. So God said to him, because Moses is still trying to wrestle with this. And God says, who made the human mouth? Who makes him mute? Who makes him deaf? Who makes him see? Who makes him blind? Is it not I, God? Now go, boy. Or there's going to be real problems. And he says, I will help you speak. So whatever inability you have, God says, I'll cover it with my grace. I'll, I'll cover it with my providence. I'll cover it with my abilities. He says, I'll help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. And then Moses has had enough, and he's just begging a way to get out. And here's what he says. He says, just send somebody else. And this is what we do. Send somebody else. I'm not available. I'm not available. Here's my last thought for you. You ready? Watch this. God is not interested in your ability. He's just looking for your availability. God, God's not looking at all of the gifts and all of the talents and all of the stuff that you can do for the kingdom. No, he just wants to know, is anybody willing to say, here I am, send me. I know I may not be the most gifted. I may not be the most talented. I may not have it all together. But God, if you're looking for somebody to go, I'm all in. I'm all in for you. So here's what I want to do today, and it is a little different for you, but I think that, again, this anchor message could be one that if you lean in, it will change your life forever because many of you will recognize that you've been making excuses, and that's why you don't feel completely fulfilled in your life because God never intended for you just to be a spectator. God designed you and created you to be a participator in the things that he's doing in your church, in your community, and around the world.